I had an old football coach who used to say, do what I mean, not what I say. And he would say school first, but he would hold up the number two. And then he would say football second, and he would hold up a number one. This is Designing Leaders, the podcast where simplicity meets leadership. I'm your coach, Desi Mayner, your guide on this journey towards effective and efficient leadership. Here we unite theory and practice, bringing you actionable insights from the front lines of leadership. From boardrooms to sales floors, we're breaking down silos and fostering teamwork. Every episode is a new step towards absolute accountability and clear communication. I'm your host, Desi Mayner, and let's dig in. How can the discommunication model help micro businesses, owners, leaders, and their teams and their clients. Welcome to Designing Leaders. This is Desi Maynard, your host, and I have got my longtime business partner, Jeremy Klein, with here today. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Great to be here. Welcome to the studio. So much fun. We're going to dig into it today, and let's not even pause one second. Let's go. Jeremy's been working through DISC for and almost 15 years now. About that, yeah. Yeah, trained and certified uh, in another form of me. So between the two of us, we have two different kind of trainings and certifications, and we've mixed them both. But let's talk through this. Let's give, let's just what is DISC, and how is it in relation to communication and business? Well, yeah, great question. Ultimately, it is just a behavior slash communication um, tool, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not a lot of times people look at behavior profiles and different traits and who am I, and you can certainly get locked and limited into a box. Um, we look at it as just another tool in our toolbox, but for us, it's been the foundation mm-hmm. that almost all other skills that we've developed stack on. Yeah. Um, you know, we we'll get into the the nitty gritty of disc and how it works but it really just boils down to the stigmas mistakes and stereotypes of what communication actually is yeah i mean we've talked a ton we do we call a deep dive report for mm -hmm. all of our clients which is a survey and interviews with the team and i mean literally i was just kind of sharing one today with one of our clients and the number one word that we always see in those things as a problem or a struggle or a challenge or an obstacle is communication. 100%. Every single time. And it's always interesting because, you know, each client thinks that their situation, their problem is unique. And we say, well, people have been trying to lead other people for a while now. And uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but your leadership problem is not unique. (laughs) It's actually extremely common. Exactly. And especially when it comes to communication, it's the number one problem that, uh, I mean, in any industry, in any business, in any size business that uh, we've encountered, at least from from our point of view, and it's the number one thing that we work on. I mean, we almost to the point of saying leadership is communication. Correct. You know, sales is communication. Um, so really it all boils down to would it benefit you to be a better communicator? Yeah. You look at different vocations. You don't think of yourself as a professional communicator, mm-hmm. but it is in everything that we do. No doubt. Right. Husband, wife, father, kid, engineer, actor, speaker, whatever it is, yep. we have to communicate. And I shared this quote with you recently, but Simon Sinek says, communication isn't just saying what you think. Mm-hmm. 
communication is about ensuring others hear what you mean. Oh, yeah. And oftentimes, that's where we see the disconnect. Yeah. It, I mean, my wife says it all the time. It's not what you said, but how you said it. Yep. I may have heard that a time or two. Like, I, <laughs> you heard something that I didn't say. Yeah. And so when we break that down, when we work with companies, you're exactly right. They think, man, I need leadership help. Mm-hmm. I need sales or growth help. Yeah. Methodology. And, and all of that is not untrue, but oftentimes the foundation of it is, I need to communicate better. It's just communication. How do I break those barriers down? Yeah, and then the DISC model has given us the platform and the language to be able to break all that down, to be able to flush all that out, mm-hmm. to tell, to show people what the problem is and what the solution could be and then how to enact that in all the different realms of business and relationships and all the above. So that's where it's been a pretty cool tool for us. And, I mean, it's kind of how we met. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, You know, I mean, you were training your people on disc and I was training disc and companies and, you know, I learned it in the classroom. So it's like we had different disc stories that came together and really it's just human behavior, communication. And that's what's been so great about it. Let's talk about how can, you know, we got micro business owners out there. We got leaders. We got salesmen that are listening. Um, The number one way that this can help them, I think, is just in general improved communication. Mm -hmm. Right. So no matter what they're doing, if they're a leader, if they're a boss, a subordinate, I don't think it really matters if they're trying to sell something. They're going to get better at communicating if they understand DISC. The question is, why? Well, for one, and we walk through this in depth when we work with clients, Mm -hmm. we walk through this even on our online course, but it's it's understanding you first. Right. How do I discover how I need to be communicated, how I receive information, yeah. transformation, all of that. And then it's, okay, now how do I look outside of that? Mm-hmm. How do I now look at other communication styles in different types? And then ultimately, how do I adapt? Not how do I change who I am about me, but if I'm trying to get a message across mm-hmm. from something that is very important to something that's pretty trite, I need to make sure that the information I'm giving is received, not just thrown out into the ether. Yeah. Um, And we'll walk through a lot of this, but then that relates to teams. That relates to conflict and resolution. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you're a leader or a boss, how do I have hard conversations with Mm -hmm. somebody? Yeah. um, In order to get the desired result, Mm -hmm. if that is change of behavior, if that's growth and performance... All of that boils down to this is how I can get improved communication. Um, For those that are listening that this is the first time hearing the term DISC or what is all this personality stuff, maybe, Desi, if you can just walk them through what DISC and these indicators are, and then we can maybe take a deeper dive. Yeah, so DISC is, it's a communication model. We call it the universal language of human behavior. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, instead of just like the verbal word, I mean, it's also the written word. It's also body language. It's also the nonverbals. But it's the universal language of human behavior. Uh, It's a personality profile. It's an assessment tool. It breaks it down, all of human behavior, into four different categories, essentially. The D stands for dominant. The I stands for influencing. The S, steady. And the C stands for conscientious. 
And we all have all four of these, just a matter of how intense or weak either one of those. Um, and then what makes us so unique right, and unpredictably predictable is the combination of all four. And then we have different areas in our lives where these show up and sometimes they show up differently than others. We have a mask, which is our public self, right? We have a core, which is how we respond to pressure or crisis. And then we have a mirror, which is our own self-perception. And those could all be identical. Those could all be completely different. So, which brings up the point of like, I'm a DC challenger and I could be sitting across from another DC challenger and still be completely different. Mm-hmm. Because maybe my D is a positive eight and their D is a positive five, but it's still the most intense on each of ours, completely different, which is why it makes everything so unique. And we can uh, identify someone really quickly based on just a couple of quick questions of, you know, are we fast paced or are we steady paced? Do we prefer people or do we prefer tasks? So which is one of the reasons why we like DISC so much mm-hmm. is because it's quick, it's functional and it's easily used in lots of different settings. And I say lots, I mean all settings, um, essentially. But really the goal that we're trying to help with is to create efficient and effective communication in a simple, clear, and concise manner. So right. efficient, meaning we want to be fast with it. Right? Because like we got stuff to do. we got to make another sale. We, there's a crisis going on. There's a fire we're putting out, especially in business. Uh, But I mean, you know, also in marriage and kids and parenting and all those other things in the world as well. Yeah. And then the second piece is we want to be effective with it, which is what that quote that you said really drills down on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had an old football coach used to say, do what I mean, not what I say. (laughs) That's great. And it was like, okay, hold on. But he was the same football coach who would, uh, you know, he would hold his, his two fingers up. And he would say school first, but he would hold up the number two. And then he would say football second, and he would hold up a number one. (laughs) So that was uh, the same guy that said both of those things. Uh, Thanks, Coach Simon. But efficient and effective communication is what we're going for. I mean, people waste, crazy number, over a quarter of their time. So 25% of every working day is spent clarifying unclear communication. Yeah, either... Non-communication or miscommunication. Yeah, and it's and that's external and internal. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe I got to call a client back to clear up this part of the contract or reschedule this, or maybe I'm talking to a team member and, hey, I know you said this, but I meant that, and the blah, 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 that kind of thing. It includes both of yeah. those, but 25%. And, like, time is money. So it would probably benefit us to get better at communication. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned just the four disc types. Mm-hmm. And when we've done this in large settings, in large groups, you're always going to have some, and I was one, it's like, come on, there's yeah. 8 billion people in this world. Uh-huh. You're boiling me down to four simple things. Yeah, And every single person has unique DNA. Mm-hmm. There will never be another Desi Maynard nope, or no Jeremy way. Klein. Yeah, one of a kind, <laughs> right? No doubt. However, what you're talking about is... Ultimately, pattern and pattern recognition. Yes. When you said quick hits, that doesn't get down to their deepest inherent traits. Like no. you said, we could have the same indicator. I'm, I'm an ID persuader. Yeah. We could have the same indicator, but certain aspects could be different based on vocation, based on home life. Yeah. You're, you're, you mentioned core, mask, and mirror. However, in the business realm, when you're meeting new people or when you're working 
with different departments mm-hmm. or to your buddy in your same team, yeah. understanding those patterns, recognizing and utilizing those for communication is going to ultimately strike through that 25% of miscommunication stat that you said, because no now we can get through all of this to increase our growth or get the intended result in the project we're working for. Yeah. And you talked about, I mean, the first benefit of, you know, these micro business owners, leaders, salespeople and teams, clients understanding disc is because that that comes from a deep place. Like you, if you don't look inward first, like you'll never going to understand the outward and the people across from you. So like when you're talking about like digging into the deep stuff, like it does come from there. Like we talk about the three places that build your personality, which mm-hmm. is your role models, your environment, and your genetics. Right? So if you don't think about that, like who is it and what is it that shaped how I behave and how I communicate? That plays a large role in how you show up. Yep. I mean, if I were to sit here and say my size plays no role in my communication, I'm lying to you. Same. I'm a big dude, right? And I look huge on this compared to to this guy over here. Um, but like, that's a piece of my genetics. It plays a big role. My role models of my dad and my grandpa plays a big role. They were deep personalities. Guess what I am deep personality. Why? Cause I liked what I saw and you know, you'll get all different types of things of, I hated what I saw. So I actually did the opposite, but it's like, I always ask the, who is it and what is it that shaped who you are and how you behave? Yeah. That's good. Cause it, those two things is what did it. Cause you either saw something you liked or hated and you experienced something, you observed something like that's what built you. And that's why you behave the way you do. Yep. Or you saw someone that did that same thing. And that's the first step of improved communication is just to ask yourself that question. Right. But you started to hit on teamwork, right? So second way that I think that disc really helps is understanding other people. Right. So this is the, we, our first module, so to speak is discover yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. No pun intended. Discover yourself. And then the second one is discerning other people. So in within a team, right, the perfect team has all four of these personalities, a DI, an S and a C. But talk to us about like how would understanding my team help us in the in terms of like interdepartmental, interpersonal relationships, those types of things within the team intact itself. OK, well, when we break down the disc indicators. Ultimately, when we say D, I, S, and C, if we picture these and we can have uh, maybe some show notes, but if you picture these in a quadrant or in a box, the D and the I are at the top half Mm -hmm. and the S and the C are at the bottom half. Yeah. Okay. And um, that means the D's and the C's are on the left Mm -hmm. and the I's and the S's are on the right. Well, what you're going to find with those indicators, and we'll, we'll discuss this, I think, a little bit more when we talk about adapting. Are you talking maybe something like this? There it that is. That the people can That's get? That's the one. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> but we're looking at, ultimately, uh, we call it pace and priority. But you're dealing with differences of how people mm-hmm. behave and how they communicate. But you're on the same team trying to get the same goal. Yeah in order to achieve the vision and results that you've set after. Yeah. So with the top half, they're very more direct. Mm-hmm. They're more outspoken. Um, we used to say introverted, extroverted, but that's not the case. They're more direct and open and, and um, fast, fast paced. Yep. Right? Outgoing. The bottom half, 
It's a little bit more cautious, right? A little bit more reflective. Yeah, reserved. Uh, they're, you know, if, if you're fast-paced, they're a little bit slower, mm-hmm. right? To They're more calculated. Yep. On the right-hand side, they're much more welcoming because they're people-focused. Yeah. On the left, the Ds and the Cs, they're much more task or project-focused. Uh-huh. So just with what I've explained, you can immediately see before we've even told you what the game is, yep. before we've even said what the task or the project is, there can be some conflict. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Right. And just not even, even before conflict, misunderstanding. 100%. Miscommunication. Right. Lack of alignment. Uh, I, I mean, fill in the blank on that. So let's go through like a practical example of this. So let's say that you and I are on a team. I'm a D personality. You're an I personality. Right. So what do I immediately want to go to? I want to go to the task and you want to focus on the people. And the boss comes in he slaps, slaps a piece of paper down and says, we got to get this done by Friday. And you're going to probably start talking about who it's impacted, how it's going to increase or lower our status. What is this? What are the social aspects of it? How are we going to work together on this? All those different types of things. And I'm going to talk about here's the plan. A, B, C. One, two, and three. Jeremy, you got this. Go and take care of that. Bobby, you have this. Susie, you take care of that. We're going to be good to go. Ready? Break. Yeah. And how's that maybe going to make you feel? Well, again, we have our priorities a little bit out of whack. Yes. Right? And so the pace is there. Yep. I'm fast-paced with you. I mean, you're saying, how do we get this? Boss said it needs to be done by Friday. Mm-hmm. Guys, how do we get this done by Thursday? Yeah. Because I want I want to win. Yeah. Right? Ultimately, if you're in charge of that team and working with them, you're going to want to look at the, the ultimate goal is to get this done by Thursday. Mm-hmm. So how do I prioritize that for Jeremy? Yeah. Who wants to look good while winning, who wants to collaborate socially with his team, mm-hmm. who wants to see the results in a different way maybe than you do. Yeah. So that you can work together. And then we have Joey on the team. That's our analytics guy. Yeah. And he's our programmer. He's our high C personality. He's the guy that only looks at charts, graphs, Venn diagrams, tables. Yeah. And maybe he's probably immediately stressed because we already bumped it up 24 hours and he doesn't even fully understand what to do yet. I don't have all the details. He has seven questions still. Yes. And you and I are already off and running. Yes. And then you have the more stable, Mm -hmm. right? On, On the S side, that's like abrupt change. How are we going to do yeah. this? What are you talking about? Why are Desi and Jeremy yelling at each other? Yeah. And so you can see easily how that can be conflicting. Now, the better way to do that is you're in charge and you know that we want to get this done by Thursday. Yeah. And talking to the S, bringing all the family together. Mm-hmm. Guys, you were made for this. We're going to collaborate. Listen, this is in your wheelhouse to get this done. I want you to bring Jeremy on board. Yeah. To make sure that, I mean, you guys are going to have a solid time. And it's really not much different than the last project that we worked at before. Yeah. We just need to put a little bit more hustle to it. You're built for this. We're going to work as a team together on this. Appreciate your loyalty. And then hitting on you, uh, the I personality saying, hey, Jeremy, what are some of your ideas on this? Exactly right. Right. So that you have a a space, you have room to share what your thoughts are so that you're being heard. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and those types of things. And if there's somebody's trying to lead me and talking to me, it's like, Desi, don't worry. We're going to get this taken care of. We're going to knock this out of the park and we're going to win. And you're going to be an integral part in it. Exactly right. And everybody's like, all of a sudden, just based on some words that I said, everyone's happy yep. and everyone feels heard. Everyone feels understood. Okay. And that's your perfect scenario. And really it's, it's not even much different of an approach. It's really just how we approach it and the words that we say that makes people feel the right way so that things will be clear things so that they will be get across the finish line. Right. But one of the things that we coach on all the time we train on is like, you need to know your team members. You need to know each other. You need to understand each other. You need to know that they're fast paced and I'm steady paced and that's okay. But we know that about each other. Right. And we need to know what their strengths are. So, you know, we create lots of tools for that. But the first thing we do is we go in and we assess everybody. Mm-hmm. And then we tell them to get to know each other. And, like, you should know each other's disc personality. You should be talking about that kind of stuff all the time. I think that's a really good aside and a, and a caveat to that, Desi, because even when you're interested and fascinated with disc like we are, yeah, you know, uh, put into the wrong hands, uh huh, this could be very manipulative. For sure. Right. And there really isn't a hack to this. It ultimately is because I care about my team. Mm -hmm. I care about my company. I care about where we're heading with the vision and the growth. I do need to understand you. I do need to understand what makes you tick. Yeah. So we can, we can move that along. Um, We've talked a lot about the letters. We've talked a little bit about teamwork. Um, Let's break down some archetypes of each so that as we go through some of these scenarios, it might make a little bit of sense for some of those that maybe haven't heard of this. So I'll start with the D that's the dominant. Yeah. Walk us through some of the behavioral tendencies there. So with the D they're very, we've discussed this. They're very direct. Mm -hmm. Ultimately their value set or what they care about inherently as results. No doubt. They're task oriented, very goal focused. (laughs) Um, and in one of their greatest fears is loss of control. Yeah. A lot of times people look at D's are dominant as I'm dominant or controlling over you. Mm-hmm. And that is furthest from the truth, right? Maybe under stress or maybe that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, but overuse. Yeah. Ultimately, a D's fear is loss of them being yep. in control. Um, so, you know, I've done... Uh, sales for 25 years, you know, all, all different types, retail, door-to-door, yeah. online, um, work for a $100 million company. And uh, when we look at Ds uh, on that chart, one of the statements that we always say is Ds will always buy, but they'll never be sold. Yeah, And it's a control issue. I'm in charge. I'm making the decision. Yep. Right? Ds... Um, you want to stay away from chit chat and small talk. Maybe mm. once they get to know you and you're in their circle, but that's not how you build rapport with them. No, they're very quick. Cut to the chase. How's this going to get me the results I need? Yep. Um, so talk to me about an I. Yeah, the I personality. I stands for influence. So they're going to be faster paced, just like I'm talking right now. Actually, <laughs> lively, uh, optimistic, encouraging. Uh, I mean, literally influential. Influential. They're, they're going to be great at persuading, uh, great at team morale. Um, they're, they can be known as chit-chatters. Think of like uh, uh, Doug Heffernan comes 
does comes in and he, yeah. Bobby, tell me. And he's jiggling the chain in his pocket. Yeah. He's just always happy, you know, has uh, 2000 phone numbers uh, in their phone and they're all first names and doesn't know the last names of most of them. Um, that's a, a great eye personality, but I mean, they're great at team morale. They're great at influencing awesome at uh, talking. Uh, and like I said, they're people oriented, uh, fast paced. And I mean, these, each letter is incredibly important to a team, but each letter also has dark sides to their superpowers, Mm -hmm. you know? So as much as the I is so great for team morale and encouragement and influence, uh, you know, there is tough for them to stay focused for a long time. It's tough for them to work on tasks for a long period of time. It's tough for them to be isolated for long periods of time. So with every superpower comes a dark side. And I think sometimes we talk about it and they're like, oh, they don't really like the I or the S or C or D, like whatever. I've had all of them uh, say that to me. It's like, no, they're all very much needed, but they all have dark sides to their superpowers, no doubt. So that's the I personality, fast-paced, people-oriented, encouraging, enthusiastic, team morale. These are some of my best friends, honestly. Yeah. Um, just because I'm I more... Can, I can see that. Because <laughs> I'm more task-oriented, so I need that people, yeah. that people part. Um, yeah, they're great Walker's, visionaries, and I think that's why the I's and the D, um, the influence and the dominant work well together. Yeah. Tons of ideas. There, if, if you're in a, a team meeting or a group, they're the ones that you want to cast the vision, Absolutely. to think of ideas, to get those results done. Um, so the S. S, the stability. These ones are very routine-based, yeah. just in their process, very collaborative. They're people-focused, mm-hmm. similar to the eyes. Yep. And they care mostly about sincerity. So... We mentioned the D's care about results. Yep. The I's care about um, enthusiasm. The S's care about sincerity and trust. Now, the, the dark side to the S, mm-hmm. because they're um, on the good, they're, they're moderate, they're humble, they're excellent listeners. I's love to talk, S's love to listen. Yeah. Right? And so that's where you have a great friend that can bring a team together and understand and, For sure. and bring that in. But the dark side is, is they're super conflict diverse Mm -hmm. and resistant to change inherently. It's something that they have to kind of learn. Um, I made a joke with uh, a team member once and said, he was an ass and said, listen, um, with this day on Monday, your desk is going to be here. (laughs) You're going to call on these companies and your shift is this time. Tomorrow, your desk is going to be downstairs. This is so good. You're going to call a different industry that you'll learn on the fly because you're good. Um, and your shift time is different. And if we do it this way, uh, I'll guarantee an extra 30 grand a year. And they're already looking at you like, there's no way. They said, keep your way. No, no way. No. I, I, I do like, the same thing. I like this. So in all of my trainings, I do the same thing when I say, hey, is there any yeses in the room? They'll raise their hand because that's the most prevalent personality. I'll say, all right, I got a million dollars for one of you, and this is all you got to do. You got to work at a different time, at a different place, with different people, doing different things at different times of the day. Right? Are you in? And they're all like, no way in hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. We use the same joke in a different way. That's S's good. are super needed in the team, because we're talking right now about team dynamics as well, mm-hmm. because they understand if the I or if the C is left out. Yeah. And they also understand the pieces 
that need to be put in place in order to make the project work. And super loyal. Very loyal. Super loyal. Great follow through. I mean, like you got to have the S's. I mean, if we yeah. were, if we were rowing a boat and had no S personalities, like we, we wouldn't get anywhere. No. There, there would be no one actually rowing the boat. Right. Which is so good. Uh, the C personality C for conscientious. So these are your more steady paced, reserved, super task focused um, individuals. They're going to be very analytical, very detailed, very logical. Um, think bar graphs and numbers and all of those types of details, details, details. They're going to read the manual on the iPhone. They're going to have all the information. They're going to need all of the information. And uh, these people, I mean, they're awesome at research. Uh, and then some dark sides are that they might move slower because they don't have all the information mm -hmm. or they need to research more or they haven't been given all of the details uh, moving forward. But the conscientious, and like we keep saying, all four of these are so incredibly important and they all have dark sides as well. But they can be slow to start because they don't have all the details. Um, but also these are the people that you can just point to in the middle of it yeah. and they're going to have an answer and know the, the number 97.4%. And you're like, cool. I was just going to say good. <laughs> and they're going to have that, uh, to, to back you up there. So the D, the I, the S and the C all incredibly important. Let's go the other route and let's say conflict. Yes. So dun, dun, fun dun. where we spend a large amount of our time. Oh, let's go back one minute. I have a lot of people ask, like, what are the percentages? Like, how does this, what's the scatter plot of D, I, S, and C for the C personalities out there? 69% uh, is S's. Yep. Uh, I believe it is 11% I's. You got it. 3% D's. Charging the, later, the lasers. And 11, 17% C's. Bingo. You got it. So the vast majority is really on that bottom half, yes. S's and C's. Yeah. Right. Because we can't have so many dominants in the in nope. the room. There only needs to be three to five percent of us. Gonna kill it. <laughs> That's it. Otherwise, everyone would be yelling at each other all the time. Okay, so that leads us right into conflict. Yeah. Because uh, that's actually a good bridge. So if we have like 70-something percent of the personalities, the individuals out there are S or C personalities, uh, what happens when I get uh, a very aggressive directive from a D personality. Yeah, this is good because at the very beginning, we talked about pace and priority. Yeah. And without having any concept of what the discussion's about, there's already you know misconceptions and, yep. and conflict. And then we talked about how essential each of these different types and how great they are to collaborate. Yeah. However... Conflict happens. Yep. You're you're married. I'm married. <laughs> no doubt. We have teams. Yep. It just does. And the foundation ultimately is I, as a leader, need to care about my team. Yeah. But I get somebody that gives me a directive that's really harsh. I have to look at, based on my type, A, is that personal to me? Yeah. So why, does, why do they not like me? We always We always give the example in a group, if there's all of these people on the boardroom all different types, and you or I stand up and say, hey, we need to increase our market share and our revenue by this percentage by quarter two. Yeah. I need ideas for this growth. Go. And everybody gives ideas. 
And when it gets to the C or the D and they give an idea and the boss says, well, that was a dumb idea. Yeah. The C or D doesn't care. They're like, I need to get more ideas. Uh That was a dumb one. You're right. The S and the C is like, why did he just call me dumb? Yeah. The I and S. Or the I and S. They take that personally. Why didn't they like me? Why didn't they like me? He asked for ideas. I'm just trying to participate. It's like, nope, that's, that's not further from the truth. But, I mean, going back to your initial quote, like, that's how we made them feel. Yep. And that's what they heard. Right. So as the recipient, first, you got to understand you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to take it in stride and say, okay, this was harsh. A, is it true? Yeah. That's a great question. Right. Is it true? Um, B, was it productive uh-huh. or was he just venting? Yep. Right. Now flip that. And as a leader, knowing that you have to give a very harsh directive. Yeah. If you know this person is also a D. You can say, what in the heck are you doing? Like, you didn't know your left from your right in this. Mm-hmm. You had a task. It needed to be done. Yeah. Walk me through your thought process here so we can get the objective. You're going to be like, copy that. This is what I thought. Yeah, and be fine with it. Now, again, similar to what you talked about earlier, you can say the same exact thing, but in a different way to an S. It has mm-hmm. to be a different way to an S. Yeah, it's gonna be, it needs to be calmer. It needs to be less aggressive words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, each each letter even is kind of looking, if they're like, well, what question do they ask? Like, they have a different word in mind. Right. Right? The D is the what, the I is the who, uh, the S is the how, and the C is the why. So, like, you have to address that. And even in this conflict, I, I'm going to say something completely different to an S personality. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slow my pace. I'm probably going to even... Uh, change my body language in that. If I'm with the D personality, I can be like upright, big chested. If I'm going towards that S personality, that I, I need to be much more open. Relaxed. I need to be calm, relaxed, much more conversational, uh, collaborating in that type of uh, conflict because I probably already have one, if not two conflicts, a pace conflict, fast and steady, or a priority conflict, task, or people. Mm-hmm. So it's like I already know the bridge that I need to cross on that. So if I'm a D and I'm talking to an S, I have a potentially I put in twice as much effort to bridge that gap because I have a pace conflict and a priority conflict. And they also might have other things going on that is clouding their filter of even hearing me. So, yeah. I mean, the tip really is read the room. Yeah, know who's good. in your room because if you don't, you're just going to give your blanket unfiltered response, and it's going to it's it's either going to fall on deaf ears, or it's going to be perceived completely incorrectly, or one of the 19 iterations in the middle of those two things, and that's just never going to be good. You're going to be spending 25 percent of your day clearing up that unclear communication, and people aren't uh, they're not going to feel heard, they're not going to feel understood, and you're probably going to walk out of there going, "This meeting sucked." Yeah. And I think, too, getting over the stigma of what conflict actually is, right? Yeah, Con- it's such a negative connotation. It is. And, and that goes to everything, right? Sales, objections, are it's conflict, and it's bad. It, guys, conflict is not bad. Unresolved conflict, undealt with yeah. conflict is bad. If I had on my team just a bunch of yes men and women that just did what I said all the time, just so everything is fine, we're probably not going to get where we need to go. No. Now, the one of the keys is the person that is giving the information, you want to do that when you're not upset. 
yeah. your adrenaline's high. We walk through when we work with clients looking at just a checklist, like what is the problem? It's not who. Ultimately, if it's a pattern, it could be who. Yeah. Right? But what is it? Let's discuss it. And then now using that DISC model, now how do I express mm-hmm. Johnny dropped a bucket of paint and got paint everywhere? Yeah. Well, if that's a D, that's pretty quick and easy. <laughs> yeah. Better get a mop. How do we clean that up? Exactly. Right? So how, how else? Now we're in a team. We have something that broke. And now we got different people in the team blaming each other. Mm, yeah. It's a who done it. It's nope. It was Johnny. Nope. It was Bobby. Nope. It was Susie. Yeah. So I think what you're getting on there is each of our personalities has like a greatest fear. Mm-hmm. And when we start poking at that greatest fear, the way that they're going to respond, the way that we're going to respond is like our greatest weakness, right? Like, and we're each going to kind of mask what to, we're going to mask our greatest fear. So like if the D doesn't like losing control, what are they going to try to do? Be Take control. massive control in a super aggressive way. Yep. Right. And each personality is going to do something similar to that. Like, so walk us through, like, what's the I personality loss of like social rejection, loss of social approval. So what are they going to try to do? You, you always gain, give gain the, approval. If there's a thousand people in the room and go. 999 love me, but one doesn't, I'm going to spend 100% of my time with the one that doesn't. Cause what in the heck's wrong with me? Yeah. That is just like you said, it's the strength in the dark side. I'm going to overcompensate if I'm not self-aware enough yeah. to deal with the issue at hand. I'm protecting me and not trying to serve the team and really try to get to the root of the problem. The S's greatest fear is like aggressive confrontation. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to try to do? They're going to try to keep the peace. They're going to try to make the peace. And they're probably not even going to share their opinion or their idea. They literally just keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. And like then we don't even know that they're angry, upset, frustrated, whatever it may be. And but they're just they're trying to just everything. You're gonna okay. We're gonna be okay. Everyone's like, let's figure out how to work together on this and and come up with a solution. Yeah. Or or sometimes. In worst case scenarios, it's passive aggression. Yeah. I don't really care, but I'm going to throw in a dig here because I don't want to stir that up. Yeah. And then walk us through the C personality. What's C personality's uh, greatest fear? Well, ultimately, it's criticism of their work. Yep. So Um, you're the C personality. I say, Jeremy, this is crap. These numbers are off. Yeah, they don't make sense. Well, I mean, the guy's, you know, a Harvard honor student. I'm sorry they don't make sense to you, kid. Right. Yeah. Now, certainly if you have factual data to back up, if you can show how the data works in a different way. Yeah. But understand that any type of criticism to them, because they're calculated, Mm -hmm. you know, we joke that the C also to them stands for correct. Yeah. Like it just is (laughs) often in, you know, sidebar, oftentimes C's will ask somebody a question they already know the answer to. Just to check them. Just to see if you're competent. Yep. And so that is also that defense. Mm -hmm. I'm protecting my intellect, my work, my details, and my quality. Yeah. And you're poking on that. Uh Uh-huh. So they're probably going to be, with my experiences, we we train like they'll be, they could be cold. Mm -hmm. Um, They could also be moody, depending on. And uh, they may also just drown you with details about how they are correct. 
right and try to literally make you feel stupid because you don't have all the details and you didn't do all the research and all those types of things so each one of them has a greatest fear and i always say we in our trainings we always say like are you poking that great like are you hitting that red button because you very well could be right and you don't even know it and you're like why don't why do we not jive because you walk around hitting the red button all the time that's why and then it's like do you, do you even know what the red button is and in most of the time it's like no i didn't even know i did that i mean we've literally had team teammates like say i understand why you hate me mm-hmm. in trainings like we've had tears in that like oh my gosh i totally i've been frustrating you for 10 years yeah i'm so sorry and that is such a magical moment. I mean, it's so cool. It's like, boom, payday. That's like. Yeah, because again, it's the first time that they've truly been heard. Yeah. By that person. Yep. And that makes such a difference where you're barking orders at me. And I didn't know that you cared about my interest and cared about the work that I do. And it, it just hit me in the wrong way. And without knowing that, we brush it off like, well, we just didn't click. We didn't have rapport. Mm-hmm. And when you do know this and you really work towards um, just these behavior and communication principles, you, you really start to see like I, it matters more on how you receive something than even that I said something. Yeah. And so now your focus has to be if you're task focused, you know, you said the seas can be cold. D's and C's typically aren't considerate now of, of feelings. That doesn't mean they don't care about people. It's mm-hmm. just not their go-to. Yeah. So as an I, and when you and I collaborate and work together, I just know that you don't take that personally, right? Yep. But if I truly focus on I need to get something, whether it's a result, whether it's an action, whether it's an inspiration, yeah. Um, how do I cater that now based on your mm. style? regardless of how I feel and what I want. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch switch gears for a minute and talk about leadership. Okay. So, I mean, I everything has had a leadership overlay to it that we've been talking about, but I think the number one thing that you can use in your leadership when it comes to disc and how does that benefit business leaders um, is really just adapting to the needs of your team. Like knowing that you're not the most important per- in the r- person in the room. Uh, however, you need to take absolute accountability in how you're communicating. So in order to, I mean, use one of the most important laws of, of, of our leadership curriculum, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Like you need to communicate in a simple, clear, and concise manner. However, you have lots of different people on your team who communicate differently than you do, who perceive information differently, and how they give information differently. So you need to get really good at that disc piece to understand them. And then also, I think that brings a large uh, point of how we're leading people within the team and within their role. So let's dig in on that a minute and say, how does DISC play, uh, play a part in someone's role uh, in their department or in their literal job description? Yeah, I mean, everything we say rises and falls on leadership. Everything flows uphill, not downhill. Yeah. All the problems, whether you did it or didn't, are owned by you. Yeah, the leader. And so looking at, you know, 10,000 foot view down to five inches in front of your face. Yeah. Right. We have to get, as a leader, 
um, does my team understand our vision and our mission and where we're headed? Yeah. That's first. Like I need to know, you know, culturally if, right. if that's there. And then getting down to their role based on their disc, what's their role in that vision? How right. do they own that? How do they really look at this is what you're good at? This is what you're doing with me. If you hired me strictly for culture, but still didn't have a position that you needed to make, probably wouldn't be the best idea to put me into data analytics. Right. Yeah. Right? Strictly task jobs. Just wouldn't work out. No. And so understanding the teams that you have helps to break those silos down. Yeah. We talked about teams earlier, but now you're looking at an organization and leaders of those teams. Yep. How do they collaborate mm -hmm. properly using the DISC method um, to get ultimately to, to the common goal where yeah. we're heading? And within the roles, I mean, a practical example of that is similar to what Jeremy said. Like if I have a D personality, maybe it's a DC personality. So like they're super task oriented. Uh, and I've got them out there selling to people mm -hmm. every single day, and they're always around a whole bunch of people. It's probably not the best scenario for them. Now, can they do it? Absolutely. We get asked that question all the time. I know you get asked in sales all the time, hey, what's the best salesperson? You're like, well, I've trained every letter to be an amazing salesperson and do have awesome performance. Yep. Same thing with leadership. We've trained every single disc letter to be an awesome leader, right? Now, there is such a thing as an adaptive and a natural state. So back to that, if I'm a high D and C personality and you've got me around people and collaborating, influencing, selling all of the time, then that's an adaptive state for me. Do I have any balance when I can just sit in my office and get shit done? Right. Like there's got to be a give and take there. Otherwise, I'm going to get burnt out. Quickly, very quick, because I'm in an adaptive state too long. I'm having to adapt who I am naturally to my environment, what my environment expects of me. And that's going to be hard. That's where you're going to see the burnout. I mean, we've had CEOs come to me and say, I just don't know how long I can keep this up. And we're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, all right, walk me through work and then walk me through home. And it's like, oh, my gosh, totally you're different. A, you're a high D at work and you're a high S at home. Totally opposite. And it's like, oh, no wonder. We have to figure out how you can acclimate, modify, and augment your personality at work to be more authentically you. And, like, you're going to have a much better time. And you're going to be a more effective leader, actually. Right? And then at home, hey, actually, your wife doesn't want to be the high D personality all the time. So we can really balance mm -hmm. that out. And you can have much more fulfillment and enjoyment in both work and home. Yeah. And so that I wanted to make that point there uh, within the role clarity uh, segment to talk about, like, we have to pay attention to what our ideal environments are. And that's actually a full section on the assessment tool yeah, uh, well, as well. And even as a leader in that instance, there is ways that you can reframe that. So some of you are thinking, oh, no, I got Tommy in the wrong position. I'm yeah. screwed. I can't. He's burned out. Um, with your example if you're collaborating and doing sales and doing all this vision stuff constantly, if I were then to place segmented short-term goals that gave you incentives yeah. to actually reach to yeah. win in that environment, that changes the game. No doubt, because you took my peopling and made it a task. And Correct. now I see 10 closes means a win 
And now my task is people. Yes. Right. So it's a lot of it is perception in how you're leading that person, how you're leading that scenario. I mean, there's a lot of times when, you know, you take as perfect example, you're a salesperson. However, you're crazy good at the numbers in sales, but you're an I personality and you're like, what? That doesn't make sense because you've learned how attached the narrative and the story and the people behind those numbers to help those people, but you can't help them if you don't know the numbers. Right. So, and making that connection, it's like, so, okay, why is the key question to be mm-hmm. asking yourself here? Um, like I'm, I'm a high DC personality, but I'm a leadership coach and I'm a leadership consultant and I care so crazy about people because I know that people need to be happy because when people are happy and people are fulfilled, guess what they do? A good job and more work, right? which means better results and it, more results. But then on the other hand, if you're drained, if you're burned out, if you feel stuck, you're mm. in a rut, it's the business owners, you know this, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. And there's a high percentage of folks out there mm. that don't understand the vision, that right. don't feel that they're in the place that they need to be. And that's all simple communication Yeah. with that. Um, yeah, when we look at teams, you're ultimately, and when we look at leadership rather, Desi, you had mentioned earlier that we're all communicators. This is all about communication. Yep. Um, having a sales background, I would say everybody's a salesperson in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Get rid of all the stigmas. And I would also, you know, agree with Simon Sinek and John Maxwell that in some way, shape, or form, we're all leaders. Yeah. We all have some influence. So how does this affect leadership? Well, we have to lead down to the people that report to us. Mm-hmm. We often lead up because we want to have a good communication line to those that we report to yep. to show them the blind and the bright spots. Yes. Um, and then when we're working collaboratively with a team on a across. lateral level, across. Yeah. And, and ultimately, um, are we able to do that well when it comes to vision, strategy, mm-hmm. execution? Uh, we talked about conflict, accountability. Mm-hmm. All of these things kind of form into the leader that you want to be and do well. Yeah. And knowing these tools makes a huge impact. On I mean, that. you just, it, you understand human behavior. hundred percent. Like this is all humans. So how they behave is pretty important for you to understand. Yeah. Cause you got to be able to think about it in, you know, in a meta type way. Like you got to be able to step out. You have to be able to detach Right. And really understand they're a human. They behave like this and it's predictable. Like this gives us the opportunity to predict behavior, to predict how someone's going to respond to this, how they're going to perceive this, how they're going to take those directions. And if we don't understand that, like we've missed the entire ball, you might as well stop listening to this entire thing right now. Right. So it's like if you get anything out of this, it's just start thinking about human behavior and try to understand it in a way that you can functionally use it to help the team to help get the result. 100 percent. No doubt. My, my, my kids play video games and they sometimes want dad to play video games. Yeah. Beat the brakes off me. Why? Because they've spent hours understanding the patterns right. and they can get through it quickly. And I'm just fumbling around in the dark. It's almost how it is. It's a great analogy. When you don't understand how people are and how they communicate. No doubt. Right? Um, Talk to us about, we talked a little bit about role clarity. What about hiring? So how do I know I'm hiring the right person? I've got interviews next week. Should I be looking at desk? Uh, Talk to me about that when it comes to to hiring. Because we talk, usually we talk about culture, character, and competency when it comes to hiring. Right? So culture, 
disc is going to play a role in your culture, depending on what industry you are and what team you're in. You probably have a mixture of a certain type of personality. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like I know that some of the teams that we're in, like they have a lot of S and C personalities. And then some other teams that we're in, like a bunch of sales teams, probably going to have more I and D personalities. So should I be thinking about that as a culture fit, as a character fit? And then especially, I think probably most importantly, as a competency fit. Absolutely. Now, there's some companies, uh, I was a part of one in, in a previous life, that hired strictly based on the disc. If you weren't on one of these indicators, no you didn't even get an interview. Yeah. That was your, your first deal. I don't necessarily agree with that because yeah. I've seen us work with and grow every single type. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm hiring for a role that is 90% designed around people, yeah, a marketing role, right? An yep. event planner, a promoter. Yeah. I'm not going to hire somebody that has only had an engineer background and hates people. Correct. So you hit it on the head when we talk about culture. You know, we, we say, you know, hire the soul, but train the role. Yep. Right. I want to know, just do you fit based on values and standards? And then based on your disc, how would this role work rather than because of your disc, it won't work. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think just go back to just understanding human behavior. When you're looking at this person and you maybe you got a couple of candidates or prospects in front of you and you're thinking, okay, culture. Does their personality and their behavior fit our core values, right? That's the culture piece. Mm -hmm. And then what are their morals and what are their ethics? That's the character piece. And then the last piece there is the competency, and that's where you're talking. The disc probably plays the most role in that of is this an all task? Is this, So does it play the role? No. Does it, is it play a, a third or more a part of it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to not even know anything, about their disc is definitely a mistake because like people always interview great and they bring people bring us in all the time, you know, and they'll say, Hey, can Desi, can you take a look at this person or, or Jeremy, just, can you just, uh, just observe the call? And I'm always like, let's give them a disc. Cause they can't, they can't game it. And I'm like, I can quickly look at their disc and I can go, they are not acting in this interview like they actually are in their personality. Correct. Yeah, and, and shameless plug for business owners out there, we do have discs specifically designed for onboarding and hiring. Yeah. Um, so you can look at, here's the traits that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Susie was the best person in this position. This is what she did. We would send a disc and it overlays. Not to say, are we replicating Susie? But if, she, if that person differs from Susie, it does adapt the type of questions and how to ask the questions to that candidate. Mm. And it is, uh, it's been a game changer really working with businesses, showing them that because a, you're going to get the value and the hire that you want, yeah. or you're going to dodge a really good bullet and get no somebody, doubt. not get somebody that no you know, could yeah. have been. No deal is better than a bad deal. That's true. As a mentor once told me, right, Jeremy, mm -hmm. let's land this plane with some of the super secret ninja hacks of how this can help them make more money. Some people also like that. <laughs> so let's talk about how does sales uh, and disc coincide? How does disc help us with sales? How can we use that in those conversations that we're having? Yeah, good question. Um, I think the first thing is when we say having self-awareness, understanding you. Mm -hmm. And then we talked about 
being very quick. If you can know within, let's say, 60 to 90 seconds of an intro, yeah, you give your pitch, you're working with a prospect, mm-hmm. whether on the phone or in person, and I can know what area I'm in on the disc, who I'm speaking to, that usurps any scripting, oh, any no. sales method, any one of your benefits, because it's it's doesn't matter what you're selling. If we're selling this ink pen, this piece of paper, it doesn't matter. It's about them, their needs, understanding that. Yeah. And then if I'm communicating it, for instance, if I'm dealing with a C and I start off thinking I'm good with people, I'm going to win this guy over because I'm an I. Yeah. And I'm going to spend the first five minutes with this C talking about the lions in their season and how's your family and oh I hear you used to go to Florida how's Disney World hey, you lost him already um yeah he's checked out and I'm probably not going to get that sale nope right now if I start there and I get yes no answers and arms crossed and frowny face I know Whoop. copy that I'm going to course correct would it be appropriate to ask you some questions to see how I can help you today boom it's like, oh, yes, thank you, finally. We're yes. headed towards the result. So now, and that was really key, because I'm not going to understand within that time frame with me just talking and yeah. pitching my product and peddling what I'm trying to sell. Mm-hmm. But if I get you to open up and I'm asking you questions, also seeing your body language, yep. also seeing what you're not saying, that is going to open up so much. Now, many salespeople are inherently good with people. Yeah. And then when they don't get the sale, it's on the other person. Oh, this type of client. Oh, he just is a time vamp. He needs all the, this guy was just tire kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take ownership and say, no, that's on me. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's not, you know, there are going to be sandpaper people in your life that rub you the wrong way. Yep. But that's on you. You're the professional communicator. So how do I adjust? Absolutely. And as much as it's, um, you know, like razor blades down a slide, details for me, Yeah, I have to learn to speak to a C in details. Yeah, I have to learn the language of quality and certifications and graphs. The disc pattern recognition is what has helped enable me to understand and see patterns and numbers yeah. and have that jump out because I care about people and I care about their growth. Yeah, so, I mean, to break this down into, like, one, two, three, you got to know yourself. Yep. And your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to that conversation and communication. Then you need to be able to identify who it is you're speaking to yep. and do so quickly. Fast-paced, steady-paced task or people. Bam, bam, bam. I-D-I-S-C. And then you need to know how do I adapt. And all this happens in, you know, three seconds. But that's why we like DISC because it's so easy to use. Yeah. And now I'm adapting my pace. I'm talking faster, slower, my volume. I'm saying different words to each type of personality. But also, I think a really key point here, and I know that we train on this all the time, like you're, you have two jobs, build trust and build value. Each disc personality, that is done differently. Mm-hmm. You're going to build trust with a D different than an S, and you're going to add value different to an I than you will a C. And that, to me... Is like what should they get out of this? Build trust and value is how they should is what they should do. How they do that with each personality is very different. That's really good. 
And I, and I think that's really like, okay, so what do I do with this? Figure out how do you build trust and value with the D personality? Well, what do they want? They want results and they're going to trust in quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I'm not like thinking in that direction and talking about those things, they're not going to trust me and the value, the status is not going to be raised in me and I'm not going to build that value. Right. With an I personality, right. What do they need? They want to go fast. They want, they want to talk about the, the social piece of it. How is it going to help their status? Yep. That social recognition. Those are the things that they're going to be trusting. Now they do like the, the small talk a little bit more, the relationship a little bit more. So those are the things that are going to build trust and value. The S personality, how we talk about how we build trust and value with the S personality. Well, the biggest thing is, is their, their anchor point mm-hmm. and value is, is trust and sincerity. Yep. Do I trust this person? If I'm a buyer in an S, do I trust my decision? Do I trust the company? Do I feel safe? Have and, I been heard? Yeah. Do I feel understood? That's it. Is super key. And you're going to immediately have trust. And then that value is just going to go higher and higher and higher yep. in how you talk about what it is that you're selling. And then the C, they want competency. Mm-hmm. Like they have to have that competency. They You build trust through details, knowing your product or your service, super, super good. And how it's going to impact and affect them and the problems that they told you. And then also, do they, do you understand their problem and the details of it and how that's impacting them? Right. So yep. did you ask the right questions to make sure they tell you those things? Yes. Key phrases like peace of mind, mm-hmm. quality, return on investment from the work that you've done. Understanding that is, is a big deal. And if you're competent, they can rely on you and you give them that quality. Yeah. You're not just brushing them off. Absolutely. then that's going to make a huge difference in the value. Yeah. So, I mean, like practical tip, like take your, make, take a piece of paper, draw your four quadrants. D's in the top left, I's in the top right, S is in the bottom right, and C's in the bottom left as I draw it on my piece of paper. And then write down the question, how do I build trust and value? And then really dig into each one of those and just re-listen to this. And if you're like me, you'll just re-listen and pause and rewind and pause and rewind and get all those good notes. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll have a way to start modifying and adapting your approach a little bit. And I guarantee you, you start closing more sales. You start having more effective conversations. You start becoming a better leader, a better team member, uh, and you'll be handling conflict better. All of these kind of great things. Um, let's land this plane, Jeremy. We've given them so much. I, I, I want to be careful. We don't give away the farm, man. I mean, this is, this is crazy. They, they, they got all the super secret ninja hacks now. Walk us through, like, if you could give one piece of advice to, you know, small micro business leaders out there that are just rolling. Maybe they're in their first handful of years and they're like, hey, this communication thing's pretty important. What should I do? What would, what would your advice be to them? Well, certainly I'm partial to DISC. And um, again, if you have questions or you want more information and you'd want to be trained, let us know. Uh, yeah. It's what we, what we love to do. Whether it's DISC or anything else, the, you know, on a foundational level, know yourself and know your people. Yeah. I mean, that's really, we've, we've learned that through this and it's, it's made a huge impact. Um, and if it is DISC and you want more information and you're learning it, um, you're going to screw it up and that's okay. Yeah. But it only works if you work it. And so as you are trying to understand or identify folks or even try to adapt to others, you're going to, you're going to make some mistakes along the way and that's okay. Yeah. 
But the foundation is, is I want to know me and I truly want to know my team in order to get the results that we're after. Love it. I think mine is that there's a lot of information out there. And the only way to know if we actually learn something is if we take that information and we change our behavior. So that would be my kind of challenge yeah. to the listeners, to the viewers, is you just got some great information, okay? But if you don't take it and go do something with it that modifies your behavior in a good way, then you didn't actually learn anything. So go learn something. But it's going to require you uh, just more... Uh, listening, watching, consuming, isn't going to do it. You're going to have to take it and change your behavior in some way, shape or form. And like, you might not be great at it to start and that's fine. You probably won't be very good at it to start because why would you? Cause maybe it's the first time trying it, right? But continue to do that and learn from it and grow. And then your behavior will change and then you will have learned something no, and you'll become more successful because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us today on Designing Leaders, talking all things DISC for small business and everything that's involved in it. Thanks for hanging out. We are out. <laughs>